You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Fixers fans, thanks for joining us on this live stream. Also going to be having the audio edition coming up on the Liberty Ballers podcast feed. So also don't forget to give us a subscription there. Always appreciate a five-star review. Mr. Paul Hedrick joining me for this one. Paul, let's get right into it. You were at the game last night. The Sixers completely back in this series at this point now, tied up at 2-2. When you were there yesterday, what was the mood like in the arena from the beginning of the game all the way through the end? Well, except for one fan, uh, everyone was pretty alive and excited. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, the, the atmosphere was just insane. And I, I know uh, a couple of people joke, like, I don't know how that guy could sleep through something like that, because it, it's every time the Sixers made a big play, it, it, the, the, the roof was coming off that place. You, you hear the reception of Joel and Bede's getting and like the appreciation of the fans, I think, is so noticeable of some of these guys. Um, again, first and foremost, Joel Embiid who's playing with a broken face. Um, he's playing with a torn ligament in his thumb um, and everything he's doing. You tell how uh, appreciative the fan base is of that. Tobias Harris got a standing ovation at one point uh, last game. And he, you know, he noticed it clearly him and the fans have not always seen eye to eye for, for obvious reasons. And um, the way he's played, how consistently good he's been. And they're certainly showing their appreciation we got a Danny Green chant after he hit that that uh, that transition pull up three. Literally, they're chanting Danny. It's it's been a lot of fun. And the other thing that was cool, Jazz, um, and I know you you, you noticed from the, the the game that you covered recently. Uh, after every Sixers win, they obviously they play the song. They hear come the Sixers song. So with the, the clock winding down, sometimes when they know they're gonna you know when they know the game's over, they'll start playing the song a little early while the Sixers are dribbling at the clock. So they did that. But one thing that was new, I've never really heard. The entire crowd started singing the song. It was awesome. It was electric in there. It was so cool. Um, as Harden was going nuts in that fourth quarter, you just felt this wave. And it was just, he was really fired up and he was firing up the crowd. It was um, as cool of an atmosphere for any game I think I've ever covered in that building. It was really, really awesome. Um, and then, you know, uh, uh, again, I just, there is just with this team, such an appreciation level from this fan base right now. And they're just really riding these positive, positive ways. Like, like you said, they're, they're right back in this series and the fans can sense it. And um, it's just, it, it was a really cool thing to be a part of last night. Yeah. And, and looking at this Paul, I mean, with the, with the heat, I mean, obviously Jimmy Butler was fantastic last night. He dropped 40. I, I look at that team as very beatable, not the, the prototypical one seed that, that you will see in, in most years in terms of the fact that they have a ton of depth. They have, high-end talent, but not like MVP-level type guys. And we've seen, obviously, the impact that Joel Embiid's having just by returning in this series. When you watch the last two, you've been in the building for the last four games, three and four. When you look at just the mood of the team, I mean, obviously, you weren't there in Miami, but looking at, they just things didn't seem right. And, and of course, you take 
uh, Joel off this team, I don't know if they make the plan. You know what I mean? If, if he's out for the whole season, I don't, I don't think even with Harden that this is even a playing team, but when you look at the, the, the mood of the guys, you look at doc rivers post game, when you're, when you're talking to him during the availability, what has it been like the last couple of games? Like, do they believe they can really go to win a title this season? Yeah, they're so it's kind of two conflicting ideas, but I, I think they are, they are at the, they are both loose and serious at the same time, if that makes sense. Like they're not, they're, they're, they're enjoying the moment. They're embracing the moment, but they're also, they know they have a job to do. They're speaking like very, there's a lot of like matter of fact talking like, you know, James Harden, I think said in Miami, like we're going to tie the series in Philly and they did it. Um, and he's kind of had that. Not to, again, not that James Harden's ever lacked for confidence a day in his life. I don't think, but they've just had this attitude where, they really expect to win every single night. And I know that's like an easy thing to say. And like, you want to win every night and you're trying to win every night, but there is an expectation. And to your point, Jazz, I don't know if that expectation, if they felt that way going into the games in Miami, which you can't blame them for. They're missing not only their best player, not only the guy that maybe should have been the MVP of the league, um, but a guy who's been like his leadership has just it's on such a different level because i remember you know years past he would say i'm a leader like joel would be would say that i'm a leader that but like i don't want to say it wrong hollow but it's not like now it's like he really is the leader of this team he has taken it to such a different level even from last year to this year i think the ben simmons thing almost galvanized him uh more to to take on more of that role and uh, you see like he even jokingly will criticize guys and then guys will come out and play. Um, there was the thing recently, you know, after game five, it wasn't criticism of James Harden, but he said, we need James to be more aggressive. We need him to be better. That was game five after game five against Toronto game six, James Harden comes out and is tremendous. There were games with Tyrese Maxey where Joel Embiid to kind of jokingly rib him like, Hey man, like you sucked. Like you need, you need to be better. And then Tyrese Maxey will go off. Um, and I think there is something to that. I think, and I think too, Jazz, like when you see your guy, again, your your best player, your emotional leader, playing with a torn ligament in his thumb, playing with a mask on and a broken face, it just like it, it like it's almost like if he's playing through this, like we have to bring it every single night because he's willing to do this for us. We need to return that and do it for him. Um, so I think that's been it's been on the court, clear as day, Joel Embiid defensively, he is one of the – it's crazy that we've gotten to a point now where Joel Embiid, who was at one point a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year, has made the all-defensive three, team three different times. We're at a point where he's underrated defensively somehow. It's, like, mind-boggling to me. Um, he is a difference maker on that end of the floor, and you're seeing it. Even at not himself, defensively, he has altered this series completely – um, and then even offensively, just his mere presence has made such a huge impact. And then that's not even, again, not even considering the emotional aspects that you talked about, Jazz. And I think, like I said, they went into both these games in Philly expecting to win. And I think they are going to Miami tomorrow night expecting to win again. Yeah, and and, and Paul, you know, you're you're mentioning that uh, obviously you see the difference between having Embiid on the court versus not, you know, what happened the first two games. But looking at this now, Danny Green. As you mentioned, he's been he was great in both home games, not so good in Miami. And he talked about this 
with the TNT crew after the game yesterday, and he was saying, we got to make some shots. And, and that's what it's going to come down to. And you look at the, the inverse on this. The Heat were making all their threes at, at home, hitting 45% of them. Now you look at the difference here where they're 14 of 65 in, in Philly, and the reverse was true for the Sixers when they were in Miami. So aside from the simplicity of, hey, these guys got to hit shots, what do the Sixers have to do to get a win in Miami? Because I mentioned this on the postgame pod yesterday that I think they're going to win this series. I, I think the Sixers are going to win this series now. And you see the difference with Embiid obviously being there, not completely healthy. We know that dealing with the orbital injury, dealing with the mild concussion that he had that he had to clear, and also with the torn ligament in his thumb. But what do the Sixers have to do to get a win in game five on the road in Miami? I think their formula at home is pretty darn good. It seems like a winning one. Um, I, I, I'll start with this. You and I, I think when like we were previewing the series, we kind of I kind of talked about like why before Joel Embiid had the orbital bone fracture and all that, why I felt like I liked the Sixers against the Heat, and it was that when you're talking about like the the, the top players in the series, Jimmy Butler, like Joel Embiid is is like clearly like he is he's the best player in almost any series he plays. If they go on and they play the Bucks, then you got to debate, but. In most series, in the first two series, for sure, Joel Embiid is the best player. Um, fair enough. You want to put Jimmy Butler number two right now, especially the way he's looked the last two games. Like you said, he's been incredible. Um, you want to put him at two? Fair enough. You and again, maybe you even say for the series because he's played all four games and he's been good. So you could say Jimmy Butler has been the best player in this series. You can make an argument that after that, the next four players are all Sixers. Um, Tyler Hero was very good in games one and two in Miami. He was not very good in Philadelphia at all. And it's not just that, Jazz. I think the adjustment they made, and part of the reason they made that adjustment is because they have Joel Embiid back. They have trapped him way more. They have hedged him way. They've done way more to get the ball out of his hands, and it has frustrated him, and it has slowed him down. Um, I do think there have been a couple looks that he's missed that maybe he, you know, would that he thinks he can make or that he should make. Uh, but I think their defensive strategy and the way they played him has been significantly better in games three and four than at games one and two. I uh, look at Bam out of bio, who again, a terrific, terrific player, really good player. It's a different ball game when he's got to go up against Joel Embiid compared to Deandre Jordan in games one and two. And you've seen that in games three and four. And even, even a game four jazz, like Bam's best minutes were when Joel wasn't on the floor. When Joel was in the game, um, you know, Bam wasn't as effective. He was effective. Like he's still, again, a damn good player. Take nothing away from him. But I, I think when you're looking at the Sixers, um, like, like Jimmy has carried the heat offensively and he hasn't gotten a ton of help. Whereas Joel Embiid hasn't had to do that, right? Like Joel Embiid hasn't had to carry this big load. Last night, it was James Harden. Um, the game before that, it was Tyrese Maxey. We saw Tobias Harris go for 27 points in the series. They are really, you mentioned Danny Green. Danny Green had 21 points the other night in the win. And he was very good again last night before, you know, he got some into some foul trouble. When he played, he was very good. There is a balance. They are a balanced basketball team. They are not relying on one guy. Whereas I think the Heat in Philly were, were just really relying on Jimmy and it's going to take, to me, it's going to take Jimmy being otherworldly for two games for them to win this series, the heat. And I don't know that this, like, I, I think the Sixers can do some things differently. One of those things, I think being 
I think he just let him take threes. If he wants to take 10 threes, let him take them. Um, because that's a win. Uh, to me, it's almost like guarding Giannis in a weird way. Like every, anytime Jimmy Butler takes a three, it's a win for the Sixers. If he takes 10 and he hits five, you tip your cap. It's a good night for him. He, and, and that, and that, if that's the way they win, that's the way they win. But when he is able to get downhill and get to the rim, he's either creating for himself and getting shots for himself, or he's getting shots for others. And it's making the Sixers defense scramble and, and it's getting them out of position and they're not having good possession. So I think I look at the way, like, I, I guess I look at it like this. I think the Sixers have better counters for what the Heat might do than what the Heat have for the Sixers. Because, like, the other thing, too, Jazz, like, the like actually, I thought the Heat were better at defending Embiid with Bam off the floor, which is not good for the Heat, right? He's one of their best players. But I thought when they went with that small lineup and just fronted him and doubled him, I thought that was the much more effective way to guard Joel Embiid. Plus, I think, too, and Doc said it last night, this is not – we haven't even seen the best of Joel Embiid yet. Like, he is still adjusting. He's still getting up. He's still ramping up his conditioning, all that. We haven't even seen the best of Joel Embiid yet, and here we are at 2-2 heading back to Miami. So, um, I, it's going to be, you know, a really competitive next couple of games. We'll see what happens, but – I think if you're the Sixers, yeah, you you really have to like your chances. You really have to like the adjustments you've made, and you really have to like the balance you have in your top four or five players right now. Yeah, and 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 you know we talked about James Harden having to step up and and perform. He did that amazingly in in Game Four, 31 points, uh, one short of his season high 32 with the Sixers that he had there. But um, yeah, he looked he looked really good. He looked confident. Again, we see that the lack of athleticism is still hampering him, Paul, but if he's able to make those shots the way he was doing confidently at the three-point line, and you could see his reactions afterwards, right? Like, he would just like, yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? He was animated, and so you could tell he's feeling good. If they get that kind of performance from Harden again in Game 5, just simply, as you mentioned, having Joel Embiid on the court, the Sixers are going to be able to win, but again, it's going to come down to making shots. You need Danny Green. You need George Niang. Not to be great offensively, but contributing maybe 10 points, 12 points, and hitting some of those open looks that will really give the Sixers what they need in order to move on and, and maybe end this series in six if they're able to take care of business in game five. Paul wanted to jump into the MVP talk. Woj reporting that Nikola Jokic gets the award again. We'll do that after a short break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, we're going to wrap up here soon, Paul, but want to get your thoughts on this. Woj reported this morning that Nikola Jokic 
MVP again, back-to-back seasons. Obviously, we're on Team Embiid. We thought we've seen how bad the, the Sixers are without him on the court. What are your thoughts on, on Jokic getting the nod over, over Joel for, for MVP in the second straight season? I want to say first, it's so sad that it's just gotten so ugly on Twitter with like Nuggets fans and Sixers fans and like people people acting like like these guys are like their children or something. Like it's like <laughs> it's like a little weird to to a certain degree. And then I, I you know, I don't want to call it any reporters, but I thought it was funny where um I'm sure I don't know if you're a fan of the show, I think you should leave. I'm an enormous fan. I think it's hilarious. But there are people who have been like stoking this debate with them beating Jokic and just kind of doing that. And then they're all like, Oh, why is the discourse so bad? And it's like, well, it's kind of like, I think you should leave the guy in the hot dog suit. Like, like who did this? Like we're all trying to figure out who did this. It's like, no, like you guys are staring some of this up and that's why it's gotten bad for me. Yes. I think Joel Embiid should have won the MVP. Does that mean I think Nikola Jokic stinks? No, it does not. I think Nikola Jokic is great. I think he's one of the best players on the planet. I think he deserved to win the MVP last year. And I don't think this, I won't even call this a snub. I think snub is too strong of a term. I am just a little disappointed. I thought it should have been Joel Embiid. And I think I wrote about in Liberty Ballers. My biggest reason is the defensive end of the floor. Um, I think offensively, you can make the argument that both guys are equally dominant. They do it in different ways, but they're equally dominant on the offensive end of the floor. I think, both guys had a situation where the rosters around them perhaps weren't weren't optimal for most of the season. Whether it was, you know, clearly Jokic not having Murray, not having Michael Porter Jr., um, and you know, with the Sixers with the Ben Simmons situation, and then also, you know, not, you know, when James Harden got here, him being a little inconsistent, and then the roster really they lacked depth all season long. They really did like. Danny Green has been very good. He struggled all season with injuries, and um, he had COVID as well. Matisse Thibel, you know, I thought he kind of took a step back this year a little bit. Furkan Korkmaz took a huge step back this year. Uh, you know, you lose Seth Curry and Andre Drummond in that Seth in that um, James Harden Ben Simmons swap that hurts your depth. And he was still dominant the entire season from the beginning to the end. He was dominant every step along the way. And he's had plenty of signature games and signature moments against good teams. And uh, I just, and then when I, you talk about the defensive end of the floor, I know it's a regular season award. I get that. But I think the playoffs illustrate why Joel Embiid is the better defensive player than Jokic. In game four against the Warriors, Michael Malone thought the best option for the Nuggets was to have Nikola Jokic on the bench for a defensive possession in a do-or-die game. There is no scenario on earth. I don't care if you put five guards on the floor. Doc Rivers would not take Joel Embiid off the court in a do-or-die game for in a defensive possession. That would never happen. And you saw last night that clip that keeps getting shared, and for good reason. Joel Embiid at 7 foot, 280 pounds, locking up Victor Oladipo to the point where he calls a turnover. And then the, the, the other play that's not getting as much love, but it like might even be an even more impressive Tyler hero. We talked about the traps and the switches. He got switched on the Tyler hero. Tyler hero launched a pass cross court into the stands because he couldn't get by and beat like this guy. I it's mind boggling again, that his defense has somehow become overrated. He is one of the best defensive players in the NBA. And he just won a scoring title. 
I don't know what he has to do to win an MVP. Does he have to walk on water? Does he have to cure a disease? Like, I don't know what he has to do to win an MVP, but he should have at least one in his trophy case. I, I, I'm with you. And, and, and going back to your you know original point, Paul, I, I think Nikola Jokic is great. Obviously, we, we know how good he is. The Nuggets were missing Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, you know, for the entire season, basically without Murray. And, and those are arguably their second and third best player. So again, not taking anything away from him, but I, I'm with you. I think we, and because we watched literally every Sixers game, we saw how bad Philly is without him on the court. And I'm with you. The way he impacts the game at both ends of the floor, something you don't see very often. I mean, you could look at Giannis. He's just, just as good as it in terms of individual defender and team defender, but not many players in the league have that sort of impact both offensively and defensively. Uh, Paul, let's wrap things up here. Looking forward to a big game five. What's your prediction? Quickly, before we have to wrap up here, what's your prediction for what happens in Miami? I think they steal a win. I think they steal a win, and they'll have a chance to close out in Philly. I think they might be able to pull off four straight games because the the the, the tide has really turned in this series. Um, that's not to say that the like the Heat are gonna are gonna come at them. They're gonna give them everything they've got. And I think it's gonna be an ugly, messy. I think it might get a little chippy too. Um, but I think the Sixers are up for it, and I think I think they steal a game in Miami. I think too. You talked about the shooting. One of these road teams is going to shoot at some point, and I think it happens. I think the Sixers figured out in Game Five, and they shoot much better. Their supporting cast does a little bit better on the road in Game Five with Joel Embiid in the lineup. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I think, and you know, we were talking about this during before we were on air during our, our weekly meeting. The playoffs have been so fun. You know what I mean? Like the these second round series, everything is is equaling out. We could be at. Uh, two two in, in every single series, basically going into going into game five is happening like that. The Warriors are taking on, although no John Morant. I, I think Golden State takes that one tonight. But uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. Hopefully, we see a Sixers win and they wrap things up because hey, that's good for us at the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. So there's my cheap pop right there. Don't forget <laughs> to give us a subscription. Always appreciate a five star review, Mr. Paul Hedrick. Always thanks for joining me, and we're going to do this again this week at some point soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.